Hello and welcome to my podcast, Up Your Total Glow, your podcast for your body, mind and soul, to support, guide and empower you to uncover your most glowing, healthiest and feel-good version of you. I am super excited that you are here, because if you ask me, there's nothing that looks and feels better. In today's episode, I'm speaking with the absolutely wonderful Lauren Ludick. Laura is an author, yoga teacher, intuitive mentor and mama. And she has a very special gift of cultivating community and creating accessible experiences. Lauren has taught over thousands of students with her very approachable and intelligent methodology. She is very compassionate, thoughtful and deeply invested in creating opportunities for others to grow and shine. In this very beautiful interview, Lauren shares with us her own story where at the age of 17 she was diagnosed with anorexia which spiraled her into a decade of anxiety, depression and many medical problems and a feeling of purposelessness. With a great deal of support from her family and cared ones, Lauren discovered a plethora of tools to heal herself and tap into her gifts. And yeah, now she is empowering others with her amazing toolbox and gifts. Among many other things, we speak about what is the inner goddess, what is radical wholeness, what is the sacred feminine. We speak about what is spirituality to you, what is yoga really, and so much more. This is a beautiful interview and a must listen for you if you are ready to uplift your sacred inner goddess. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, beautiful Lauren. I am so excited to have you here today. How are you? I am doing really well. Thank you so much for having me, Ruth. I can't wait to talk to you. Ah, uh, same here. But before we jump fully into this conversation, could I please ask you to introduce yourself to my audience? Who is Lauren? Sure. My name is Lauren LaDuc. And I guess as of now, I am a yoga teacher and studio owner. I'm a spiritual teacher, a coach, an intuitive, a mama, and most recently and most notably at the moment an author so those are all different labels I would use to describe me um although I don't know I think we're all just souls and and whatever we're doing in our human form just continues to change over time so I feel I feel very happy with these different roles right now and you know feel very honored I guess to be able to serve uh, in these different ways that, that feel really beautiful to me. Mm, beautiful. And it shows you've got this beautiful, fine 
I don't know on your face or maybe it's your aura, but it's just beautiful. It shows that you are really happy with what you're doing and where you're at. And I can't wait to have my audience hear and hear and learn more about you. So um, tell us a little bit about your journey. I mean, have you always had this calling to surf and um always known that you truly are the spiritual being or where does this beautiful connection come from hmm. yeah that's a really good question I think that I didn't come fully formed with this particular outlet for my dharma or purpose but I do think when I was born I felt really spiritually connected even as a child and I felt a strong sense of purpose. I would have never guessed that I would be doing the things that I am doing now, nor is, was that even in my consciousness. I had never heard of the things that I am doing now. And so much of, of it is enabled by this technology too. So I'm definitely doing things I never would have dreamed, but I do think I had this connection with spirit. It was definitely different when I was a kid because, uh, of what I was exposed to and how I grew up. So I was uh, born into a pretty religious household in the Midwest of the United States and was given this very kind of narrow concept of what God is. And I feel like some of my experiences transcended that. Um, as I became older, I really started to question much of what I was taught and that was due to really like exposure. So exposure to many types of people and belief systems. I've always been a big reader. I just, I have a thirst for knowledge and, and other people's stories. So I was, I, I was having some, I guess, cognitive dissonance in that what I was taught and what I was feeling were two different things. Um, at the same time, I was feeling really burnt out. Even as a teenager, I was super high achieving. I tried really hard to fit into this specific good girl box, um, not only in religion, but culturally and, and academically. And uh, yeah, I burned out. I developed a really difficult eating disorder. And that really kind of changed my trajectory into this journey, I suppose, of, okay, I think that the life that was prescribed to me, or that's how I perceived it, isn't really what's going to be happening <laughs> for me, or maybe that's that wasn't meant for me. So what am I meant for? Who am I? What do I believe? So I had a good 10 years about of, of healing and discovery and, and a lot of failure too. Um, so much anxiety and, and depression and even addiction in this time. I accumulated a ton of student debt. I also had a lot of fun <laughs> of trying and discovering different things. And about a decade into this at age 27, I really became dedicated to my yoga practice and to my healing, to energy work. A couple of years later, I became a yoga teacher. And that was the start of, I guess, my current phase of Dharma uh, and career from the last 10 years. So a lot of darkness, I think, to start off, but it, it's been such a beautiful experience to 
I guess start with that spiritual connection that you were asking about, lose it in a way and then regain it, but in a way that feels totally uh, authentic Mm. to me. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Or maybe you never lost it, but you had to really dive deep through the dark and experience all of that there is and that you can be um to then fully take or fully or dive even more into it um it's a really powerful story and journey and I feel it's beautiful that at such an I mean hard at the same time but beautiful that at such an early age you went through all of this because now you yeah, you are ready to serve and have achieved already so much. And I can relate to much of what you've said, this high achiever girl born into a family that just didn't feel right. And then having all these questions, obviously my journey was very different um, to yours. But yeah, I think it's really beautiful what you made out of it. Can I just quickly ask back, you know, I'm all about healing this is so fascinating to me how we have this innate ability body mind soul to heal to become whole again can you dive a little bit deeper into this journey so you already mentioned it's really when you met yoga that things changed and again I can relate but would you just elaborate a little bit onto this aspect about your healing journey Yeah, absolutely. So I was introduced to yoga while I was in the hospital at age 17, um, recovering from this eating disorder, not really recovering, but the start of this recovery journey, I would say. Um, And I would practice on and off for many years, but I didn't really have the access uh, and finances, or I didn't prioritize them that I would need to have like a regular yoga practice and community. So at age 27, when I finally gained that access uh, due to support of this family uh, that loves me so much, even though we have these differences. Um, I was able to start reconnecting with my body first and foremost. Mm. Uh, I was a dancer as as a kid and teenager and, and young adult. And through the eating disorder, I really lost my relationship with my body and kind of divorced myself from this art that was so important to me for a long time. And yeah, I started noticing myself feeling stronger. I started noticing myself feeling calmer. I gained back like mobility just from a physical standpoint. But I also noticed beyond the physical benefits that I was really um, just feeling different in a lot of ways. And I didn't quite at the time understand why or the how of it which I think I do now (laughs) but it it just felt like this miracle in a way alongside it I was doing um, different therapies most notably a neurotherapy which is sort of rewiring the brain and and helping the nervous system heal from trauma and as I dove deeper into yoga and had this beautiful community around me, so that I think that's a really important aspect, the, the physical 
uh, aspect, of course, is important. I also started diving more deeply into the philosophy behind it. Like, why why is this working? What is the point, really, of what we're doing? Why is it different than exercise? Um, and how is it having this profound effect? Mm -hmm. So that's been something I've been deeply devoted to and very interested in for the last 10 plus years. It's like, it's how yoga works, really. Mm -hmm. I love this. So beautifully said. Um, and again, I can relate. So, and I can also see it in so many people around me. Starting yoga often comes from a very different place to what happens then. I mean, the asanas are a beautiful practice, nothing wrong with that. And I think, you know, for whatever reason you come onto the mat, it's all good until or unless you get there because then the transformation that is right for you at this moment in time will happen anyway but can you let us know what is yoga truly from for you I mean you already touched a little bit upon it but I feel still yoga for many just means okay I'm able to do this handstand or headstand and beautiful backbend and yes, asanas are amazing. And you also already said mm, body-mind connection. And there's something really profound and beautiful happening. Um, but what is yoga for you truly? Hmm. Yeah, as a teacher, I want to go to like all the different definitions of yoga. So this is a good challenge just talking about what it <laughs> is to me. And to me, it is what is experienced when the body and the mind become calm and centered and what is to be experienced in that space is the soul. It's mm -hmm. the spirit. It's, it's your highest self. And, you know, having a yoga practice that's physical or breath or meditation, whatever it might be, provides this rhythm to continually remember who you truly are. Mm. So I think that we all forget over and over, even if we're really devoted to, to a spiritual path. And I need that, like that part of my daily ritual to, to remember. And when I do that, it's not as though the stressors in my life completely go away or that everything is perfect. I'm very human. <laughs> there, there's always something, you know, but it is that like glimpse, that reminder, that remembering uh, that who I truly am is not is not the body. It's not everything that's changing. It's not the mind. It it truly is the soul. And uh, I think there's like nothing more beautiful than that. Besides seeing that in everyone and everything else, which I think seeing that in yourself um, provides the space to to see that connectivity um, and to see like God or, or goddess or divine within everyone. Mm. And it takes work, <laughs> but, but it's such a beautiful thing. It takes practice and also a, um, yeah, being back onto the mat every day I feel and you said this so so beautifully you know for me it sounded like you said um remembering to come home 
to who we truly are. You said it in different words. Um, but yeah, I I can very much relate. And for me as well, when I'm on this mat and very, very honestly here, sometimes like I'm really stressed and I feel, why would I go on to my mat now? You know, it's like, oh, I don't have the time, but I do it anyway, because I know <laughs> This is where I relax. This is where I come home to me. This is where I find, yeah, me again, <laughs> the, all, all the pieces of me. And I feel so much better also as well. I feel more relaxed. If I had some kind of pain, it just goes away. It's like my place of healing so yeah just wanted to say this because it sounds I mean it is magic it's beautiful and most of the time I also want to do this but there are definitely those days where I feel like oh my goodness I've got this interview the dog still needs to go out um this and that the girls are going crazy um but if I still do and it doesn't have to be an hour full on <laughs> whatever on the mat, just coming onto this mat and really connecting with my body, with my breath and the rest and follows. Yeah, really, really beautiful. Okay, there's so much I would like to ask you. So what does your routine look like? I mean, you have your own studio, you're a yoga teacher, you've just written a book, and you are a mama so how do you combine all of this I feel there's a lot of yoga <laughs> you are putting into your usual every day so tell us a little bit about it sure uh, I can very much identify with what you're saying about your own life in you know it kind of looks messy a lot of times um my routine as far as like how I connect spiritually, um, what I would call my sadhana is I have a very short amount of time every day, really. I have about 30 minutes on my mat and that might be yoga a lot of days, but I also love to lift weights. So I do that as well. Uh, and then a breathwork practice. Um, and that sounds all really nice, but typically I have cats jumping on me and, and my daughter needing snacks several times during my practice. And, you know, it's, it's constantly interrupted and, you know, it just looks so much different than how it looked several years ago. My daughter is almost three. Um, and, you know, as someone who has a studio and works for myself, I was able to schedule my own days and I had a lot of time for, for this practice. And when I had my daughter, which also coincided with the pandemic, it really challenged me to take my yoga off of the mat. It was like, okay, this this is what all of that time was for. I was preparing for this moment mm -hmm. where maybe I don't have access to all of these beautiful practices, but I have access to my breath. I have access to being present in the moment and like pulling myself out of anxiety because that came for me with, with early motherhood. And now, you know, as she gets older, um, I'm able to do more and more and she gets to witness me doing that. So for me, the interruptions uh, are worth it because I'm instilling 
this ritual and habit within her and not making her do it, but it's part of her awareness and it's part of what she's always going to remember about, about her childhood and and upbringing. Mm. So that feels very worth it to me. And yeah, things look kind of, kind of messy, I think, (laughs) because I don't have a very compartmentalized life. I'm usually doing a lot of things at the same time. And when I had her, um, that's just been my, my intuition to follow, to allow things to be that way. Um, I don't know why exactly, but I try to follow that voice within me. And I guess it's my way of like, quote unquote, having it all. It's not always ideal and it's not always pretty, but I'm really proud of it. And it's really beautiful to me. And I really think that I'll look back at this time in my life with so much nostalgia at some point, um, because I'll wish there, there was a little human crying for me <laughs> and crawling all over me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's so much, there's so much beauty and wisdom to be gained from our children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can't just be done alone in a vacuum. We need these relationships to challenge us. Oh, yes. <laughs> so much. I can so relate to what you said. I do feel my beautiful daughters, teenage daughters now, definitely challenging me. Um, <laughs> they are my biggest teachers and have always been. It's just a miracle to me um, that our children really bring the best and the worst out in us. And then it's upon us to really um, grow from there. And what you said, yeah, having those little human beings crawling over and under you, um, it's a very, very special time. But let me assure you, as they grow, every age is just so magical and so beautiful. Like now, the way they are now with all those (laughs) discussions and Woo! Um, mood swings and whatever is happening and um, I would not want to miss that either it's just so special because it's a different interaction oh I loved them when they were young you know and I'm still thinking oh yeah that was so beautiful but it's not that I miss it because what I've got now is just as special and I know you will find that it's just yeah it's it's magic um And it's beautiful that your daughter gets to live this with you. Absolutely. As you said, okay, you touched upon intuition. So I know that for my clients, it's hard to tap into their intuition. So when I work with them on this, it's more about, you know, find your (laughs) intuition in terms of eating hunger appetite and also what does your body need in terms of movement does it really need this full-on workout today or is there something else that your body is really needing and letting you know in little whispers and most of my clients have unlearned to hear those whispers and then also to listen to them so i'd love to hear more about your take on intuition and how yeah how are you able what does it sound to you how are you able to listen to it and maybe also how 
do you help your clients to listen to hear and then listen to this intuition again hmm. I love that observation and I think uh, especially with women I think with everybody there we have this access to intuition and, and to the instincts of our body as well and like you said we unlearn that over time I also find with a lot of my clients they are they do have very strong intuitions they just lack the self-trust to follow mm-hmm. through with them so a lot of a lot of what we do really is like rebuilding that self-love and self-trust um, so that they can follow that voice. Also, everything is so noisy around us. Um, you know, the human nature is to have so much going on in the mind. Uh, it's written in the yogic philosophy. It, it's the way we are. And that's why we do these practices to still that. But on top of that, we live uh, in a society with so much messaging around us that it makes it very, very difficult to hear our own voice. Uh let alone to trust that voice. So uh, different things I recommend. One are practices to be in the body. So that doesn't mean just exercising. That means like something with mind-body connection. And that might start small. It might mean like nature walks, uh, you know, whatever it is that they actually enjoy. I think Mm -hmm. that figuring that out can be really difficult because you know, we have this idea of what our fitness routine should look like. And it's usually based on like body goals rather than mental health and emotional and and spiritual goals. So I'd say like tapping into whatever feels nourishing and fun in the body and is sustainable over time is really important. So that would be number one. And then once you are connected with the body, you can like listen to different parts of the body. I love working with the chakra system. That's that's really my one of my favorite things to, to work with. And and according to that system, like different parts of the body hold different information. So, um, you know, we have like gut feelings, and we we have the actual gut. Like being able to listen to that might be a little bit different than listening to like your higher self or inner voice. So that connect reconnection to the body, so so key. It's important to know that the body is extremely intelligent. I think we're the only animals that exist that don't know what we're supposed to eat and don't know how we're supposed to move, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? It comes so naturally. Uh, And I think we were built that way too. But like you said, we unlearn that over time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then having some sort of like connective practice, like a meditation, prayer, breath work, something to clear the clutter a little bit so that you can hear the inner voice is really important. And a lot of times people don't know the difference between like anxiety and intuition or Mm -hmm. fear and intuition. And my advice on that would be that the intuition is always it's always quiet, at least in in my opinion. Sometimes Mm -hmm. instincts can be loud, like get out of the way, like stay away from this thing or person. But intuition, I think is a little quieter and it's always loving. Mm -hmm. It's always compassionate and it's always kind. Mm -hmm. So if it's really anything other than that, it's probably not intuition. Even when we're receiving messages that we don't, that like our ego doesn't want to hear or that Mm -hmm. the ego doesn't want to agree with. So 
I don't think necessarily listening to the intuition and listening to the body signals are all that different. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the same process of like tuning in and then developing trust. And I think trust happens over time. You can start with really small things. Like really, it doesn't have to be like this huge fork in the road decision about your life. It's just little things like what, what do I eat for lunch? Like, let me tune into my body and find some stillness for a moment and really like think about that and then not judge what comes through. Mm -hmm. We'll listen to it and kind of treat it like a science experiment, right? Like we're, we're gathering data. So uh, we have the intuition, we act upon it and then we reflect on it. Like, did that serve me? Was it good? Okay, great. And then every time you do that, you're building this muscle of self-trust. And I think that not listening to it over time uh, is also going to give you a lot of information mm-hmm. because if you wait long enough, probably something's going to give, and that might be disease in the body. That might be some sort of disorder. That might be like being on a life path that is completely detached from like your soul or, or who you truly are, you know, it can look a lot of different ways. It could be crashing and burning with an eating disorder. Um, so I think it really pays <laughs> to listen to it. And yeah, starting small, I think is the way to go. Absolutely. I love what you said, starting small, doing it continuously with something that is fun. Um, also, I love how you said, you know, be curious, treat it like a, like a science project and don't judge. Um, because we do tend to judge. (laughs) Why would I want to eat so much? Can't be right. So, so on social media said, I have to not eat carbs. I don't know whatever's going on. I'm just making this up now because this is what I come across a lot with my clients. Um, so I love, I love what you said. And for me, all of this is so true and so powerful. I would love to touch a little bit upon the inner goddess, because I know this is something you are truly, truly passionate about. So can you tell us what is the inner goddess within us? Mm, yes, In short, the inner goddess is the feminine manifestation of our souls or our highest selves. And when I'm talking about feminine, um, I'm talking about these really specific qualities within us. So I think in modern culture, we think of feminine as this very specific thing that's, that's maybe like a box that women should be in of how to act and how to talk and and what to do and what your role is in a relationship or in the workplace or as a mother. But in the spiritual sense, uh, we all have masculine and feminine energies within us. And at times one might be more dominant than the other. um, And they really interact and work together to create our energy bodies, our lives, that inform our thoughts and our decisions and actions. So to me, um, and I think a lot of people would agree, our society is hyper-masculine. So it's taking these qualities that are innately good, um, like being structured, being more fiery, being uh, linear in a way, um, and 
kind of make like distorting them into something that's harmful. So mm -hmm. that's um, extreme hierarchies, it's domination, it's, uh, you know, control, like controlling what people are doing and who they can be. Mm -hmm. So by nurturing the more feminine aspects within ourselves, which are more cyclical, more wild, more creative, um, you'd say lunar, like that would be a way to describe it where masculine is solar. We're bringing more balance into ourselves and therefore into the world and into society at large. So for me, the inner goddess is this like manifestation of our feminine side. And a lot of times it really includes a lot of our shadows, a lot of the parts of ourselves that we haven't nurtured and that we don't know as well because they aren't as welcome in society. So I think befriending and loving on your inner goddess is truly about taking maybe things that you may have perceived as weaknesses and turning them into your superpowers. Mm, I love that. How do we do that? Mm, a lot of ways. <laughs> it definitely is not like an overnight process. So in my book, the way that I present it is we go through the chakra system, which are these energy centers in the body. We start with the lowest one, which is the densest and the most like human and we work our way up to all these different aspects of like, who are we uh, to the most spiritual? So as we do that, we're uncovering all these different aspects of what makes us who we are and really shining light on them and, and loving them. Mm. So like day one, we start with the body and every day, because uh, it's kind of set up like a course. So it takes place over seven weeks or 49 days. Every day has a different affirmation. Uh, day one is I love my body, which is something that I think a lot of us have a difficult time saying or believing or, or believing that's even possible. And I share like parts of my story. I share some downloads. I share some philosophy to kind of open up this, this container of vulnerability and of like cheerleading you as, as you go along the book. Um, and then we also have reflection questions so that as you're doing the book or reading the book, you can think about your own story and your own qualities and then some sort of embodiment practice. So some way to like drive the information home. So you asked how to do this. I present 49 different ways <laughs> in the book truly mm -hmm. over time and they're all really different. And some of them are really um, simple and fun. And then some of them require probably a little bit more shadow work or, or gritty work um, looking at the self. And it might be different for each person too, just depending on what their, their story is and, and personality and, and programming. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I love it. And I personally can't wait to get my hands onto your book now. So where can we find your amazing book? And can you please share the title as well again with us? Sure. It's called Embody Your Inner Goddess, A Guided mm -hmm. Journey to Radical Wholeness. And you can buy it um, at any of the major online retailers like Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble. I know it's on Amazon UK for your European um, listeners. So, uh, and you can get directed to those things at my website, which is laurenleduc.com. Can we get it in Australia as well? So, because I'm at I, the moment in Australia, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Um, it is available worldwide. So right. Fantastic. Think, uh, if you if you 
Google it. You should be able to find it, but I think it should be through, through Amazon. Fantastic. I would love to talk with you forever. I feel there is so much more I want to ask you and you could share with us and yeah, empower my audience with, but time is running. I know, um, even though mm, time also just a concept. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So Could you share with my audience three gold nuggets? I mean, you've shared amazing wisdom already, but just three things that they can reflect back on that will really empower them. Mm. Yeah, thank you. I'd love to I'd love to chat again. It's been so fun talking with you. And yeah, on one hand, I'm like, time isn't real. And then the other, I'm like, oh, it's almost my daughter's bedtime. <laughs> yeah. That's very real. And you're probably getting tired. <laughs> I mean, this is really the evening for you. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll get to three nuggets. One, and I say this up front in the book, uh, it's called A Guided Journey to Radical Wholeness. But the truth is that you are already whole. Mm. It's all about um, remembering that and truly embodying that. Uh, the second one would be related to that. The reason that we don't think we're whole is because of programming. So from the time we're born, we're receiving messaging from our culture, from religion, from our families, maybe even from be the time we're before we're born, right? Maybe we have these imprints on our soul. And they start to make up our thoughts and When we start to really look at these thoughts for what they are and shine the light of compassion on them, we realize that we don't own them uh, and we're able to free ourselves from them. And it can be a process. It can be a many years process. But in that deconditioning, we remember that we are whole. And the third one is um, that we are in this wholeness, both animal both human and divine. We get to be all of these things as we're on earth. There's no need to deny any part of ourselves. It's all worthy of compassion. It's all worthy of love. It's all, let's say, a science experiment in a way. Mm -hmm. So when we're able to observe ourselves through this lens of like bringing all of us to the table, which I call being fully expressed, uh, that we're whole, And that this is something simply to to remember rather than to gain. Um, it brings us so much empowerment and freedom. And I also think locks us into our purpose because when we're whole, we're sort of emitting this frequency that we're meant to, to bring to this earth. Mm -hmm. And um, by doing this self-work, we're, we're serving humanity. So those would be three pieces of wisdom that I just love to share. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Where can we find you? Yes. Uh, on the social media front, I mostly live on Instagram. So you can find me at I am Lauren LaDuc. And I always love to hear directly from people. So so please message if, if this resonated with you um, or if you're looking for more resources. And you can find my, my website, Lauren LaDuke, L-A-U-R-E-N-L-E-D-U-C.com. 
Amazing. And of course, I will put all of this in the show notes. Lauren, this has been amazing. And honestly, I can't thank you enough for the amazing, beautiful, super empowering work that you do. You're such a light. And yeah, I'm so grateful that you are helping to make our world a healthier, happier place. Thank you. Thank you for all you do, Ruth. I appreciate you. And and thanks for holding space for me in this conversation today. Thank you so much. Take care, beautiful. Speak soon. Amazing Lauren has recently released her first book, which is called Embody Your Inner Goddess, A Guided Path to Radical Wholeness. And it's a beautiful read and I can highly recommend it. If you enjoy my podcast, then please help me to spread health everywhere. You can do so by liking, subscribing or sharing my podcast. This would really help others to find the knowledge in this podcast too. I know that you were born to live your best life and to feel absolutely amazing in your precious body, your brilliant mind and your boundless soul. So what are you still waiting for? Please make sure you do. I'm your biggest cheerleader. Keep glowing. Much love.